Uh, I've been watching, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the reporter, the Hollywood reporter roundtables, like when they talk to like actors and directors and shit and writers. And, and then what happened? Uh, it's I, like, I, it's, um, it's, it's a combination of things. It's insightful. It's, it's cool to like hear about, you know, the technical side of things. It, it can be fun. Like some people have like, he was like, oh, that seems like a person like that I would hang out with or whatever kind of thing. And like joke around or whatever they have like funny stories of things that happened and uh yeah well like bradley cooper am i freezing no you're good right now uh you should are you on your like wireless cut like your wi-fi or are you on your like lte oh you know what i could probably switch over to lte yeah let me try that one second this is the worst spot on the internet burn up where are you the little sparkle bit see how it's like i don't know if you have that ability look it's my whole face my back yeah so we're having te- we're immediately having technical difficulties. You guys wave to each other live, live on the show. Oh, let me get let me get the box. Let me get the let me get the DVD cover. Get the DVD cover so everybody knows we're watching. I have it on in the background here. I, I don't want to show this for too long because I don't want to get a content strike. I'm watching it just so as as I talk about it, I can glance over and see our boy Danny Glover. That's up my nose. That's not the um. So I'll be I'll be commenting. I mean, our, this podcast is only an hour, but uh, I will be making reference to the movie I'm watching currently in the background. I've got the notes pulled up. My wife is walking around and distracting me. I'm trying to do something professional. She's she's just she's she's just adding to the the uh, show. Unforgivable. I'm gonna get a divorce. What about babies first? Oh, guess what? I'm gonna be a dad. What on TV? Oh. Well, you, you kind of got to finish the sentence. You got to lead with that. What well, I get is there a story to that. You kind of just say things and then don't <laughs> and don't follow up with anything. That's what I bring to this um this partnership, Jason. That's what keeps the viewers. Uh, you know, this whole thing was your idea, right? But I find that I'm the one that has to start the live. I'm the one that has to like probe you for more information about what you're talking about. Uh, well, so that's a valid point. Um, I did, I guess, instigate wanting to try and get involved with your, um, cause like you, uh, you, you know, you started getting into like doing movie reviews and stuff. Did you enter, did you ever end up, uh, checking out that rewatchables podcast? No, but I still have it written down somewhere. Um, I just, I'm a busy man, Caleb, you know, the, uh, but it's, it's it, in my mind, the way that I see this is based, this is mostly your baby and I'm almost like a guest or whatever. Like a- what? This is your idea? Okay, that's that's fair, and it's funny that you should say that because I have hosted or co-hosted every podcast I've ever done. I've never been in your position, and when you came up with this idea, I was hoping I would be in the position of this, this the other guy. Oh, but yeah. once again, my you know, when we lift the white, is that that just the reflection of the computer screen, and it's just for oh, some reason a loop. It looks like a. It looks like I'm a crackhead. Or I just, yeah. Or I just brushed my teeth. It looks like I'm a crackhead mostly, though. You guys see the weight of this uh, little live, these live reviews. I'll try. I mean, it's cool. I I got all the inf- pertinent information. I got the movie up on the screen. Let's talk about Be Kind Rewind. How did you enjoy this movie? I'm sure you've seen it many times, as I have as well. Um, let's start off by just let's talk about how we feel about it because it weird i jack black had i think had already done king kong at this point he's already like a mainstream star by the time this movie comes out 
of course, Tenacious D, 2006, wasn't it? Pretty sure this movie is 2008. 2008. Okay, it says original screenplay, 2000. Okay, uh, it's... Okay, yeah, 2008, yeah, yeah. Is it based on, like, a short film or something? Not that I could find in my research about it, but I really couldn't find very much uh, about it. That's true, me either, because it's weird. Like, most Dap feels perfect for this role, but Jack Black sticks out to me for some reason. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. He's somehow playing the same character he plays in every movie, but it's almost like not the right role for him or something. Yeah. But he's still great. He's Jack Black. I've always felt he's Jack Black, but I've always felt that it was a weird choice to go with Jack Black. It's kind of like, uh, did you watch that movie with, um, with Drew Barrymore that just came with the stand-in? Uh, not yet. I, uh, I mean, I'm sure I will at some point. Um, I, I haven't been in the mood for it yet. My understanding is someone that looks like her basically takes over her life or something. So the subtext, yeah, you're right. The subtext of the movie though, is it's sort of like a parody of what like Melissa McCarthy does and what she, like her whole shtick. And I almost feel like Melissa McCarthy should have just played that character and in this film, I kind of had the same feeling where, like, Jack Black is great. He's Jack Black. But I don't know if him playing a Jack Black kind of role was the best way to go for that guy. It's almost two on the nose. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess it's subjective. Uh, but Let's I do like... We're so right at the point where he gets electrocuted, which I do really enjoy. Sorry, go ahead. Dude, but so, like, on that train of thought, do you think... He should have played like a different type of character, however, like a different style of character. Or do you think someone else should have played that role? Maybe somebody else should have played that role. Just, I don't know. Maybe it was per- maybe it was perfect for him and bringing Jack Black into the fold was good. But like, what if like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman had played that role? I do like me some Philip Seymour Hoffman a lot. Like a lot. Especially in a movie like this that is a comedy, but it's almost like a serious comedy, if that makes sense. And it's an indie film, and Jack Black, by two, okay, I just got, King Kong, to me, is his tipping point, where he goes from indie films to, like, the mainstream. Jack Black? Um, yeah. Uh, was it? That's when he got, like, really, really big. 2005. So, a few years previous to this movie, he blows up, and then he goes back to his roots with this movie and does an indie film. Um, what? <laughs> so... I don't know. Maybe I'm too hung up on this whole thing. And when this movie came out, I loved it. And I love Jack Black in it. But I just feel like this was like a step backwards for him. And I guess to that same token, Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been another situation in that in that same vein, because he was like a big star at this point, too. Yeah, I could see him doing well. I'm not sure if I could see him being right for it. Um, I'm trying to think of who else can I see doing this. Like, who are other comedic actors who can play like... Oh, you know what? A young Rain Wilson, pre pre or Rain Rain Wilson, right when The Office. This is 2008 is when The Office came out. So, yeah, like I just starting out, Rain Wilson could have played this role real well. Which one's Rain Wilson? That's Dwight. Right. Okay. I think he would have been good in this role. Um, I also feel that Jack Black might have might ultimate. Maybe I'm coming around on it, even as we just talk about it, because he does have that unique Jack Blackiness to him. It's just distracting. It's it's just distracting when somebody does their shtick in a movie that you've seen a hundred times. But this is like in a retrospective way where now, after seeing him do the same thing so many times, maybe going back and watching this older movie, I'm kind of like, I'm over it. 
Right. Versus where versus like when you first saw it. When it first came out, I was like, oh yeah, inject fucking rigagoo Jack Black into my veins. Yeah. Give me that school of rock. Is school of rock before or after this movie as well? That's another that's another question for the for the group. After. I wanna say it was after School of Rock. Yes. And that is per like, Jack Black is perfectly that because you know, when he's Jables, when he does the Jables shtick, it should be tangentially related to rock and roll. Yeah. And this was just kind of a dickhole. Like, he just, at every turn, he just acts like an asshole, and he acts like the foil to uh, to most stuff. Yeah. Pretty much constant. Uh, you know, there's the supposed to be best. A.K.A. Uh, Dante, A.K.A. Yassin. What's that? Uh, Dante, A.K.A. Most Deaf, A.K.A. Yassin Bey. Yassin Bey, that's his current rap name? I haven't heard anything from Most Def since like Chappelle's show. Um, he did uh, he did a few movies, Sixteen Blocks. Um, he did another one where he was like a drug mule. I forget what that one was called, um, but it was good. Check this out: School of Rock actually predates King Kong and came out in two thousand and three. It came up so beef way before this, before King Kong. So School of Rock makes more sense than, uh, for like a movie for an up and comer. That's interesting. I'm learning a lot about Jack Black's career today. So let's just let's just uh, run down. We we went over Jack Black. We went over most deaf. Uh, Danny Glover, perfect. I love seeing Danny Glover show up in movies as like an old dude. Yeah. What? Uh, that's always fun. What, what's happening in the chat? Uh, <laughs> uh, Crystal is trying to figure. She she saw me on here and wanted to ask a question. Oh, well, you could have just answered Okay, you could have just answered her. That's fine. Hello, Crystal. Nice to see you. We've only talked a handful <laughs> of times, but we've definitely met many times, drunkenly. Maybe other things were involved. Um, party time. Excellent. So, uh, just a quick synopsis of the film. Basically, two dudes uh, run this um, video shop for Danny Glover. And Danny Glover raised most deaf's character, Mike, and basically told him that the house. The building that the, the video rental place exists in uh, was the birthplace of Fats Waller, who is a famous jazz star. Yeah. Uh, the movie begins and ends with the same uh, home movie, like homemade film of them depicting Fats Waller's life. Uh, it turns out that in the beginning, they're just kind of giving, setting up where we're at. But then that movie turns out to be the thing that sort of is the happy ending, feel good state of the day. Yeah. Nice little... In between... Yeah, it, yeah. I never, I forgot about that. Actually. And in between, you have this excellent story about uh, Jack Black being like, uh, he, he's a conspiracy theorist. He thinks that the power plant down the street he lives uh, is he lives in a junkyard. Yeah. He think he and he thinks that the power plant is scrambling or trying to scramble everybody's brain. Uh, it should be noted that these guys are sort of stuck on the whole idea that like you don't want to progress. Uh, with technology, because this place looks like a an old pawn shop turned into a video rental place. Actually, I never noticed this until I watched it this time that it's actually like a video rental place slash thrift store. They don't really talk about that, but just looking at I'm I'm just looking at it now on the screen here, and there's like old microwaves behind the desk. There's like shit everywhere. Yeah, and and one of the subplots is that Danny Glover's character is like I gotta go away for a while, but it turns out they've given it the the they wanted the bank wants to gentrify the neighborhood and wants to turn this building into condos as is tradition. Uh, and he's going to look at the competition and see what other video rental places are doing. 
So it turns out that it, this isn't a period piece. This isn't set in like, you know, 1996 when video rental is still a thing. This is set in 2008 when DVDs are now a new thing. Yeah. The thing. You saw? I've been behaving. Because um, uh, when I look back at our previous uh, lives and I would get really, really drunk and uh, I got well, you don't have to get slightly embarrassed. Just uh, I, I don't. If I'm talking too much, you can interject. Uh, that's that's basically the long and short of the plot. I don't want to get like we're only 15 minutes into the show. I don't want to give away what happens at the end just yet. But that's basically what the plot of the movie is. It's a movie with heart. It is a movie with heart for sure. It also has that indie film indie film feel. It's got. It's like it's it's weird though. It's kind of like a hot. It's like it's in between like an indie film and like a. I'm, like a blockbuster sounds too high, but like it, it's like in between like a high end movie and an indie movie. Well, I believe this movie was shown like in festivals, but it was also in theater. I'm pretty sure it was definitely in theaters. Didn't do well. Yeah, uh, I, I I I believe that. Yeah, they made four million dollars, thirty million worldwide. Um, how much did it even cost to make? I was gonna say it probably like it sounds like it probably lost money. Probably. Oh, the, oh, actually, no. Budget, 20 mil. Box office, 30 mil, 30, 30.6 mil worldwide. So it did okay, but it would have, I don't, like, it doesn't say anything. Like, there's not a lot of information about this movie. I know. What I will say, I oh, bad. like, I was, it was in Sundance. So it did debut in Sundance, and then it came out in theaters the next month. So, but it doesn't say, like, if it won any, if it won any awards. It's got less than a page on Wikipedia. So Michael Gondry, the guy who directed the movie and, and wrote it, he's actually made a couple other things of note, including Kidding, which is the uh, the show starring Jim Carrey, where he plays like a he's like a kid's entertainer, but he's kind of like aging. Um, like a, if yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah, he's got long hair or something. Yeah, yeah, and he also uh, directed an episode of like Flight of the Concords. He directed Dave Chappelle's Block Party, okay. um, which I didn't know. Uh, a bunch of short films, and then oh, he directed the Green Hornet with us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so his other big movie, his other big one, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like which he co which he co-wrote with Charlie Kaufman and Pierre Bismuth, Biz who I've never heard of, but we've heard of Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, and um, and that like that would be his like claim to fame. And he's he's got some other movies I've never heard of, but he's got a good pedigree. <laughs> Which is interesting. He's a holy shit. He's also directed like fucking 200 music videos. What kind of music? Uh, let's see here. Okay. Kanye West. What? He, oh, he directed the music video from Heard Him Say by Kanye. Okay. I was actually guess that. Like when you said Kanye West, I'm like, what could he have? Oh, you know what? He probably did one of, because I think there was like three different uh, cuts for that music. Like I think there's three different music videos for that song. And I could definitely see it's probably the one in the mall, right? The one in the Whatever U.S. version is. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, a lot of indie rock, like uh, the White Stripes. Um, ooh, he did a Paul McCartney song, Dance Tonight. Uh, Bjork, Beck, uh, The Vine. Uh, let's see here. Kylie Minogue. He's uh, Chemical Brothers. A couple songs by Chemical Brothers. Rolling Stones. He he directed a music video for Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones, which must have been like a best of album came out or something because give me shelter is a song from like the 60s or 70s yeah and that was in 1998 so it must have been that thing where in the 90s a lot of bands um put out like best of albums but like 
not like when like the record label puts out a best out best of album but when like the band puts out the best of if that makes sense like a more a more important best of album um that must know what that is yeah it could have been that as well wow he goes back he goes back pretty far too like he started directing in like the 80s so yeah um he's a he's a decorated director who's done you know eternal eternal uh sunshine spotless minds probably the biggest movie he's done most main, main success and kidding the tv show actually uh it has done very well for itself um i believe it's on showtime or hbo i guess i could literally just look it up because i'm looking at a computer i'm looking at a computer kaylin i'm also trying to bring up some uh details here on the computer tell uh tell him something stupid uh let's see let's see <laughs> um so you got you got danny glover um you know from your uh lethal weapon uh your dumbo predator 2 <laughs> yeah you got your your jack black um one of the what is i always think of first with jack black is um orange county when he's the brother yeah uh i'm trying to think of my first introduction to him Oh, that might be, that's like one of, besides like High Fidelity, that might be that cable guy. He was also, yeah, but uh, uh, Orange County is, sorry, go ahead. I was just say Orange County is uh, 2002. There was a movie he was in uh, with Brittany Murphy briefly, where he plays like, they, they all do mushrooms. What's that movie? Where they do mushrooms. Brittany. Yeah, he plays like, he plays like a uh, bong water. Did you ever see bong water? No. It's just a stoner movie from the late 80s. Uh, see, when Jack Black got his start on, like, Mr. Show as, like, you know what I mean? Like, he was just one of those, like, background characters on, like, the Mr. Show. Was Mr. He... Show that one with the two guys, uh, Mike or something, and Mr. Moe or something like that? Is that... No, I... no, that was the buzz. With Darren and Moe? Yeah, but yeah. That's fucking hilarious. You should say that, because on TikTok, uh, I followed uh, Darren Jones. And I commented, I was like, I, I was just trolling. I was just like, fuck, where do I know you from? Uh, is it MTV or is it YTV? I refuse to Google it. <laughs> and it turned out, and he commented like, oh, fuck, like, a, like jokingly. And then I looked it up and it was the, called The Buzz, which I think was just like a sketch comedy show. And then I commented again, oh, shit, it was The Buzz with Mr. Bone. He was like, yeah, you got it. Yeah. So I've actually talked to that guy via via TikTok, which is fucking hilarious. But no, Mr. Show is David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Oh, the show yeah. from yeah. HBO in the '90s. It was a sketch comedy show that was sort of sort of changed up the whole the whole uh, sketch comedy thing. But after that, HBO gave Tenacious D their own show called Tenacious. That was basically the framework for what the movie would become. But in that, it was just little like you know Cage and Jables going on adventures. Uh, and Jack Black, they go. One of my favorite episodes is they go to the Jesus Ranch where they do mushroom. That's why I was thinking about this movie, Bong Water, because they, in Bong Water, he plays like he, they, they go to a farm that's like dust and do much. I know a lot about Jack Black because when I was in my early 20s, I fucking idolized him. I kind of had, I kind of looked like him. No, not really. When I was in my early 20s. How long ago have we know, like we've known, I've known you since like around 25 or something. Yeah, we've known each other for a very, for quite a while. I, I worked at, uh, I think I worked at Boston Pizza when I was 23 or 24, which is a fuck long, fuck long ago. <laughs> to, to, and I turned 36 this this past week. 36? You're older than me? 
Am I, yeah. You have a, like a full gray beard, but like you can count my grays. Thanks, high definition cameras. You can count my grays. Look at this beard that I've grown. It looks, it looks um, I like it. I like it a lot. I was thinking about bringing my shag back. I I was so hurt. Uh, two two shows ago, you cut your hair and your beard, and I was like, "That's the whole point of the show. We have beard." <laughs> so we have to change. You're in hot water at work for having a beard. Well, they can't come out and say, you know, that's the reason, but it definitely doesn't. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, let's not. Probably don't talk about your work problems on a podcast. This is geek <laughs> pad rewired. So. So, uh, we're about halfway through the show here. I found an interesting uh, tidbit of information about Michael Gondry, the director and writer. He was inspired to make this film after making Block Party, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, which took place on one city block. And Dave Chappelle was interested in playing Mike. Could you imagine, could you imagine if instead of most deaths, it was Dave Chappelle and Jack Black? I don't know if I, them. I'm not sure if I, this one, I would quote this as probably one of my favorite movies even more so than I do already. I would probably constantly be like, yeah, but B. Kyrie Wine has Jack Black and Dave Chappelle doing their thing opposite each other. Most Death, like, I'm, I'm looking at him right now, and his serious, his, he's the ultimate straight man in this movie. Yeah. His serious acting is far away as his comedic acting. Yeah. Like, he's a legit, like, he's a legit serious actor. He's, he might Well, 16 Blocks was great. Um, the other one, I, what's it called? Uh... Where's that? Journey to the End of the Night is another one with what most Def was in. Uh, I'm pretty sure I remember being good. I don't remember the specifics of it, but I'll probably have to check that one out again. Fucking uh, uh, Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide. Awesome. He plays Zaphod Beeblebrox? No, he plays uh, He plays the main character. He, well, he's like, no, 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 Martin Freeman does. He plays Zaphod, right? That... Alien. I don't remember. Let me see if it says it here. Ford, Ford Perfect. Oh yeah, Ford Prefect. Because he comes to Earth and he sees the Ford, he sees the Ford per- perfect oh, yeah. ad, and he misreads it. Zafa Beelbrox is played by. Uh, uh, he's played by. No, it's the dude from here. Uh, oh ho oh, oh, ho! Fucking what's his face? Uh, from uh, uh, Matchstick Men from uh, Welcome to Collinwood. Uh, that guy. Uh, he was also in the Green Mile. Yeah, fucking, uh, uh, god damn it. I'm gonna get there. Let's see if I can get there before I can read it. Um, um, fucking Steve? No, he was in Moon. Yeah, Moon was good. Moon was interesting. Fuck, what was his name? He's all, he's literally in Iron Man 2 that I just watched. A lot of people seem to not like Iron Man 3. I thought it was good. Dude, uh, did you read my review? Did you read my review of it? Because I hated it when it came out, but with all of the rest of the MCU sort of in the rear view mirror, going back and watching Iron Man 3, it's actually fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's directed by Shane Black, and the first second, first episode we did of this show was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So like, it, there's all these things that make me love the movie. Sam Rockwell. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, good pedigree. Good pedigree. Um, so, the other thing about this movie that we didn't touch on yet, the whole point the reason why this is a great movie to review as movie reviewers is because the whole crux of the movie, the middle part of the movie, the Home Alone part of the movie, I, l- let me ta- have a tangent about why I bring up Home Alone here. Yeah. Movies have a setup and a payoff, in my opinion, when they have a three-act structure. Right. But a lot of movies have a middle part where the whole point of the movie is that middle part. In Predator, it's like when they're hunting the fucking Predator. There's a setup and they start hunting the Predator. Right. In Home Alone, you have all the setup to Kevin, Kevin's parents leaving. But you really want to see him fuck up those those 
themes in the the fun house as i like to call it the the booby trapped house this movie version of that is you want to see them get to the swede sweeting of the movies yeah the sweeting of the movies is a term they come up with for when you just take a movie uh and we'll get to why this happens here in a second you take a movie and you just make the movie yourself was there you make a 20 minute yeah how they came up with the name i i i I don't, I, I didn't, I could As Jack Black goes, it's Swedish. These films are Swedish. We sweeted it. Then that's how they, that's how they come up with it. I'll accept it. <laughs> so, and the reason why they do that is after Jack Black gets electrocuted, he's now has the power to magnetize anything. Yeah. Uh, that last paint job that he did on both of them. Perfect. Yeah. They had like, he, like he looked like the fence sort of. And then. Uh, oh Yeah. I think you wanted to touch on this because of us watching uh, Tropic Thunder last time. Go ahead. What were your thoughts, Kalen? Well, so this is uh, we the last movie review we did was Tropic Thunder, and um, you know there one of the characters was doing blackface the whole movie, which is you know uh, not something that is you know easily accomplished to say the least. And then we do I and I didn't the, this was totally. You know, I forgot all about it or whatever when I, you know, mentioned this movie. Um, I just like because I was thinking about the movie. I was like, oh, like I just remember it being like, oh, they redo movies, and it was kind of like inspiring me to like do like try and make a movie or whatever. But then, so I'm watching this movie again, and Jack Black wants to be the main, uh, uh, the the jazz player, and so he there's a quick little scene, and he's in black face, and Danny. I'm pretty sure Danny Glover takes him aside and just explains to him, like, no. And this is this before or after he plays Jackie Chan and does the full... There's another thing you cannot get away with in 2021 and barely could get away with in 2008. But when he plays... When, they, when they're filming Rush Hour 2, he, he, does the, he does the accent. Yeah. Like, the Asian accent, yeah. quote-unquote. He does, like, the squinty eye thing that, like, is super racist. Yeah. Um, and I was like... What it's crazy to think that like all, like just over ten years ago movies could still get away with this stuff. I think Tropic Thunder was like twenty twenty two thousand nine. I find it. I let's say yes. Yeah, it was also two thousand and eight. Big year for blackface. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to I don't, I don't want to move on before uh, talk about how um. Well, you were talking about the beginning. You're you're talking about the setup and the payoff, and then there's a middle part. And so, like you, you like you want to get to the sweeting. The sweeting, right? So, okay. So the sweeting, I wrote down some of the ones that they that they did full on. They they there is a point in the movie where you see a list of all the movies they're doing. Yeah. But I did write down the ones they actually show shots at. So the big one they do, they spend the most time on, is actually Ghostbusters. Fun uh, too. So like that one is the most kind of like. Um, yeah, it, the most involved. So let me set it up for you. Uh, Mia Farrow's in this movie. She plays like an old friend of Dan, of Danny Glover. Danny Glover leaves. Danny Glover calls her to be like, you have a movie that needs to be returned. So she returns the movie and she's like, I'd like to take out this movie. It's Ghostbusters. This is just right after they've ele- they've electrocuted all the movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, because a couple other people brought movies back and they were like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this shit is not... There's nothing. It's there. not no movie on. Yeah. Um. So they know this, and then she comes in, and she takes the movie, but she wants to take the movie. But they're like, uh, we just gotta wait till tomorrow to give it to you. And they decide, let's film it ourselves, which is a harebrained theme, uh, harebrained scheme. <laughs> it wouldn't work 
but the the payoff, the byproduct of it is that they people love that more than the original movie. They want to see why people are going to Swede. Yeah. Then yeah. So, how can you recreate it? How can yeah? Let's see your interpretation of it. yo. That what's that? What's that saying? The best artist steal or something like that? Nope, that's not a thing. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think it's like imitation is the highest form of flattery. Oh, man. There's a saying. I'm going to find it. <laughs> never heard this saying. Here, keep keep doing your train of thought and I'll find the saying. Okay. So so they end up doing Ghostbusters. Uh, as, I, as I noted previously, they do Rush Hour 2. Uh, better call Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, it's the classic theme of Ghostbusters. You better call the Ghostbusters. Uh, of course, that is not the song. Um, okay, so during, during, I think it's rush hour, uh, that's when they meet, th- this is another thing I wanted to bring up because she's great. Um, Melanie Diaz plays Alma, who is, you think is going to be like a romantic interest, but nothing really comes of it. Wow. And... Most have, yeah, most have tries. Like, oh man, you and Jack Black have all the, the scenes and stuff. Also, and he's, he goes in for the kiss and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> I found the quote though. It's good artist borrow, great artist steal. You never heard that before? No. I think it was written on a rock or something. I must be. You know what I saw? You know what I, I've never brought this up on the show before. You know what a great, a great quote I saw written on the back of a, of a stall door, bathroom stall door. Nice. Was your poop might be the biggest poop of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that. I think I've seen. I think I was in that stall. It's impossible that you're in that stall, but it might be a thing that you've seen before. Uh, it, it my dad, my dad has like a summer home trailer kind of thing, yeah. um, and they have it's like on a campground, so they have one of those like he doesn't he's like no pooping in the trailer, you pee no poop, so you gotta walk around the, this cul-de-sac to go to this uh this like campground style like indoor look just looks like a washroom that you would see in a mall or something, and that's where it is still there to this day. It was there last summer when I went, so. Every summer for the last eight years or so, I sit in that stall and I go, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Uh, Ghostbusters, Rush Hour 2. Ghostbusters, yeah. Uh, 2001. Is, okay, so then they go into a montage of movies and they, they show a list yeah. of all the movies, but then they, they show some specific scenes from some 2001 a Space Odyssey, which is really interestingly done because they're just like turning the camera while somebody sits on like a, in a circle. Yeah. Uh, King Kong, interestingly enough, because Jack Black, of course, was in King Kong. Oh, years, except before it <laughs> happens. Yep. No, this is after. No, was it? I thought, was it? Yeah, we determined oh. that this is after King Kong. My Jack black meter remember? The Jack black meter for me is everything before King Kong makes sense, everything after. If he does indie films, it doesn't make much sense anymore. Because now he does bullshit like the clock, the clock tower, the clock house, or the fucking Goosebumps movie. You know, he plays Arnold Stung and the Goosebumps. Like the 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 thumbnail for it, I did not watch it. I'm pretty sure I don't want to. There, uh... well, the only the only Goosebumps visual media will always just be the Canadian kids show. Oh yeah, yeah. The one I remember the most is with the mask, the girl. I believe it's called the story of the green mask or something like that. That's not it at all. So the other movies they do are Carrie, um, the iconic scene with the blood, Driving Miss and Driving Miss Daisy. That's later because they spend a little bit of time on that. Men in Black. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So they do the dr- the car driving upside down scene, um, and I think they're filming Driving Miss Daisy, and then right after that, 
oh no, there's more. So then they decide they need 60, Danny Glover comes back and they decide they find out they need $60,000 to save the plate for the roof. For the roof, uh, let me start over. So the renovations, yeah, we get a scene where Danny Glover gets an offer. They're like, you will we'll place you somewhere else, but it's in the projects. Daniel was like, "Fuck that!" I don't live in this project. No, it's just a, it's just a, like a like a little like a like a little Italy kind of a place, or like the Bronx outside of. The- yeah, like literally, a- <laughs> like Agricola Street. Uh, <laughs> for all you for all you Allegonians watching right now, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah. So she's like, it's going to be a minimum of $60,000 for you to, to even fix this place. You're going to have to take the deal. Danny Glover's like, no deal. So he goes back and tells the boys, finds out about their scheme. It's not really a scheme at this point because there's a lineup out the door. And they're like, well, what if we just put our friends, the people who are watching the movies, in the movie? They'll pay more money to be in it. And that's when they're like, somebody's like, I want to do, I want Driving Miss Daisy. And Mo's dev is like, I am not comfortable with that. Uh, and then Jack Black goes into Miss Daisy mode. He's like, that's not how that movie went. Cause just be, she's just, he's <laughs> just being awful to him. Um, and then the biggest part of this that I point the, the two old men or the three old men are like, we want boys in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> They're like old white guys. I thought that was funny, but it's one of those things that like that doesn't, I don't know about that guys. I don't know if that worked. I like uh, the pizza has uh, like the, the back of their, you know, splatter. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So then we have uh Sigourney Weaver actually shows up, which is great because she's, you know, the main character, one of the main characters, of the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, also they do Lion King. The Lion King is just on the screen right now. And they're like, how are we going to do an animated movie? So they're just, Oh yeah. Here. Can you see this? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I might get copyright a copyright strike for that, but fuck it. Nobody's watching. Because a lot we had one viewer for like a while. Well, I mean <laughs> Disney stole that story from someone else. That's not true. Uh I it's uh it's complicated. There's a video I'll set I'll send you about how a lot of people mistakenly think that it's a ripoff of the White Lion, but the White Lion is completely different. Completely different. Oh. completely different. And it's a common misconception that that movie is actually a ripoff of the White Line. I know the kid. I know the lion's name and the White Line is named Kimba, but let's that doesn't fit my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Oh, they also do RoboCop. Yeah, that's great. Uh, enough track, buddy. What are we doing for time? We got about ten minutes left here. So basically, what I, when's that? What ends up happening? Sigourney Weaver comes in with lawyers. They say you can't be doing this. Copyright. Is, Copyright's very real. The fact that you're filming and <laughs> yeah, but the fact that they're putting it right on the film or right on the movie yeah. that's owned, they would have just filmed these things, called them something different. I believe Asylum Films has made a whole a whole fucking career off doing this. You know about Asylum Films? Have you ever seen any of them? They're that company that makes like C movies, like not B movies, C movies, usually straight to DVD, always straight to DVD. Uh, usually shown on like the sci-fi channel uh, that have na- the name of the film here. I'll bring up a list of Asylum films, which is a lot. This movie always reminds me of like Asylum, like a, like a nut house. Yeah. Yeah. So they made Titanic two, uh, <laughs> Apocalypse Earth, uh, Independence, Independence Day, like Independent S apostrophe day, <laughs> Street Racer, which is definitely 
if you saw the cover and didn't know what Fast and Furious was, it's that. Uh, these are bad examples. Uh, there's there's much better. There's much better. They're they're aligned with what we're talking about. I haven't seen them. What? They're bad. The Da Vinci Treasure. Bad. Stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, the Da Vinci tra- Snakes on a Train. Uh, Halloween Night. Pirates of Treasure Island. Transmorphers. Nice. That's the big one. Uh, AVH. Alien versus Hunter. Is the Transmorphers? Is that? Is it? Is it cartoon or CGI or is it? it it's like bad C. Like yeah, like bad CGI. But like live action and CGI. Yeah. And the day the Earth stopped. What was the original? The day the Earth starts still. Eighteen-year-old uh, virgin, Princess of Mars. So if you look at the years that these movies came out, you can find like if you look at the movies of that year that are real movies, you can see the like parallels. Let's look at 2020. Uh, Battle Star Wars, uh, Collision Earth, Fast and Fierce Death Race, Top Gunner, Shark Season, Monster Hunters. Uh, Asteroid Ageddon. So they just make like bad movies. Oh, it keeps in 2021. Making a living off of it. it. Yeah. In 2021, they put out two films. You may recognize what they are parodies of. Ape versus Monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, The Rebels of PT-218, which is kind of like a Star Warsy kind of name. So yeah, that's kind of their shtick. So that's what Sweden reminds me of, even though it's like they make like not high, not like big budget movies, but like the kind of movie your grandmother would see and be like, "Oh, my grandson likes Transformers. I can't read anymore." I got you that movie you were talking about, Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Um, yeah. So Sigourney Weaver comes in with her lawyers and is like, basically, you owe damages of you know three thousand years in prison or like hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, because they they did like you know, like within like in the 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 reality of the movie they did like what a hundred they did like a couple of movies or something that they sweeted didn't they? But they yeah. like half I think they were only like half hour movies or something like that. They at one point they're like these movies are only twenty minutes. Let's save money by putting people in the movies and making them ten minutes long. So let's make YouTube versions. And I've seen now on YouTube and and mo- like a lot of like smaller for like TikTok and Instagram. There's a channel that makes like Sweden style movies, like like they do shot scenes, but they use like household items. If I see it come up on TikTok, I'll send it to you. If I see it, but you know the the idea of making like a home movie style version of old movies goes back to people making fan films of Batman and Star Wars. Okay, I can see a list right here. Super Flying Man, oh, Superman, Carrie, Men in Black. Uh, when we were kings, he plays. Oh, no, he doesn't. Plays somebody. Plays somebody else. If the scene goes by fast enough, I'll be able to list some better names off. I've seen a so. few handmade uh, like trailers or whatever. Um, there is one. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's a. It's a. It's a Ninja Turtles movie. It's like Attack of the Foot or something like that. And it's like a little five minute thing, but it's like dark and gritty. It's that one's really good. There's uh there's a a few uh Dragon Ball Z live action movie trailers that they're trying to get like kick started to like do the actual thing that looks a lot better than uh, I think the the one that came out was from Fox or whatever but trash. Well, I can think of three three versions that are bigger budget but sort of in the same vein. Deadpool, yeah. uh, Ryan Reynolds put the money out to make like a screen test for the Deadpool suit, which yeah, is in the movie. So, basically got the project green letter, whatever. 
there's a short film called Venom about uh, basically the same universe style Venom. It's more of a detective thing, and that's sort of what the co- the newer comic book detectives are with Venom. But he, uh, it's sort of this like gritty detective thing with Venom, uh, and that sort of got the ball rolling for the the newer like, Venom movie. Reporter kind of thing. The what? Sorry. Like a detective reporter or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one, the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out is directly from that like mini series, that internet mini series that was made that sort of guarded interest. So like this kind of stuff happens. And like, I think this movie might've been a little bit of ahead of its time overall. Um, oh, I think like I, my, my review for Thor, the dark world is right after my like notes. And I was like, wait, Zachary Levi is not in this movie. <laughs> Cause Zachary Levi is in Thor, the dark world, but he, uh, he only he's only in that, and then they replaced him. They they replaced his, that actor with the a different actor yeah. for that character. Uh, okay. So to wrap things up, they're they're making good money, keeping this place alive. But what ends up happening is Danny Glover doesn't take the deal. He doesn't get the money together. Uh, but they do make one final film, and that's the movie I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah. They make a everybody gets in on it movie about Fats Waller. Uh, who is the famous jazz musician. Yeah. Um, and he, and it's great. And they get the whole community to come in and sit in and watch the film. And in the 11th hour, the guy comes, the guy from the bank comes, and he's like, you guys got to shut it down. Like, we got the bulldozers here ready to tear it down. And he's just like, just, I took the deal. Just give me 10 minutes to show these people. But the thing is, it was all a lie. Danny Glover told that to most deaf to like, give him something to hold on to, to give him heart and spirit. So, at the end of the day, all of it was stupid and didn't matter. But <laughs> the whole, but also outside the watching from uh, uh, the projection on the on the the, the window or the, the bench. Oh yeah, because there's that whole subplot where when Danny Glover's at the video store uh, late, like he goes and leaves, but then my he, what his rival, like the other video store owner. Yeah, it's basically just a blockbuster. But uh, Jack Black and most have break in to steal the projector and they find out that the dude's living there. So basically they're like, we don't see it, but it's heavily implied that it's like, we'll keep your secret if you hook us up with, uh, with this projector. And then he ends up showing up. Jack, Jack Black tries to put the, like an old CRT TV up on a thing and it falls off and breaks right before the movie is about to be shown. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah. So he shows up, he's like, we will project it. They project the movie. Everybody goes home feeling good. Um, we don't actually find out what ends up happening if they end up going to the project or what, but we just got a lot of heart. It's a great film. It ends with the heart. It ends with the heart. So just to, we got about five minutes here. Um, if you do, you have any final thoughts? And uh, what would give it a rating of five? Let's say. Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, it's a nice movie, right? Like it, it's it. There's like a story to it or whatever. Um, you know, it's executed fine. Um, it's definitely something that I can go back and revisit once in a while. It, it isn't something like some of the other movies I want. Like there's some things where I could just watch over and over and over again and like still just want to keep watching it. Um, but I like that someone made it to say the least, right? Uh, and like I was saying earlier, like I. It, I, I have uh, I wrote a script for a movie back in high school and I came across it uh, a few weeks ago or whatever. Just kind of read through it and it it made me like there's 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 like parts of it that make me laugh. And like I was like, you know what? 
I kind of like it kind of like uh, re-inspired me or whatever to try and like pursue that again. And then like thinking about this and how like they just made their own videos like man, I could do it. It might not be the best like quality thing, but I could do it. And uh, and well, the other thing I was thinking is, you know, how could I try to take advantage of it not being good quality? Right. Like, how could I make a low quality thing, but like all, like using it to an advantage or whatever? So I'm still trying to figure all that out. But I had this I, I wrote a script for a movie back in high school. I found it the other day. I was reading through it. I might do a second draft uh, because I was thinking of a few different ways to kind of like tweak it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so as far as rating this movie, um, I'll give it a like a solid three. Yeah, it's a little low. I, I'm like, if I were like, it is like, I feel bad saying it. Yeah, it is kind of low, but it's not a five. Like not say that it's no, no, no. It, maybe it's a five in its own right with its own like depending on what kind of like uh, um, criteria you're 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 marking it on or whatever. But like to just consider, uh, <laughs> it, it's not a five for me. Uh, and four just seems a little generous. Uh, yeah, solid three for for sure. Maybe like three point five ish and around there. But at the same time, like sometimes like it it's kind of like. It's hard to rate something. Like it, it definitely is. I've gone over, I've gone over, like, I've gone over many times. My scale constantly changes. I, like, the, the funny thing is, is, like, if I go back and was to rewatch movies I reviewed early on, I probably wouldn't give them the same review, all things considered. And oh, on top of that, it's... Feeling that day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, from one day to another, like, Thor the Dark World was a review that I have upcoming. That's one that I haven't put out yet, but I love, I hated it this time. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it as much as when I watched it originally, but it's the reverse for Iron Man 3 where I hated it when I watched it initially and I loved it this time. Yeah. Um, this movie falls into that category with me where I, hey, thanks, Mo. Uh, this movie falls into that category where I really, I liked it a lot. And I really appreciated what it was doing, but I just found that it was a movie out of time. I gave it a 3.5 and I cut it. I had it at a 3.8, but talking about things sometimes like, yeah, you know, moves it down a little bit. And we, we didn't, there's not a lot of substance to talk about, you know, like the, yeah. the movie is like two guys fuck up the movie store by, by demagnetizing the film. So then the, the crux of the movie, like I said, is that middle part, that home alone bed in the middle where we want to see what movies they swede. Yeah. That's that's why I came to watch the movie. The part of the the heart of the movie, the the the, the feel good <laughs> bit about Fats Waller is sort of like it just tacked on. It's it's tacked on to be like you know, that's the kind of thing you see in an indie film. That's the kind of thing you see in a movie about gentrification. Yeah. You didn't need that. It could have been a wacky, just that off the wall wacky comedy about these two guys. For an hour and a half doing these hilarious takes on different movies i wonder if that could now that you say that part of me kind of would like to see that version right yeah. and that's what i was thinking while i was watching it the whole time i was like this could have been like it has a bit of an identity crisis is it is it a is it a feel-good black movie or is it a wacky comedy about two friends remaking all their favorite movies you want me to buy it I, yeah i do of course i do once pandemic's over we'll we'll once I can come back to Halifax, yeah, I'm stuck here. Well, we're we're starting to get uh, some heavy restrictions now too. Yeah, I know. I heard. Um, so yeah, this has been uh, unnamed video, un unnamed movie review project, once formally known as uh, uh, Beard, Buddy. Beard Buddies or whatever. Beard buddies. Um, 
we got beards. Uh, thanks for watching. If you're watching, if you watched tonight, thank you. If you're watching this in the future, thank you. Uh, my name's Jason. You can find me on all social media. Uh, Spider Hero 9000. This is most most of it. You can watch my other podcast about the television show Blossom. It's called Blossom Buddies. You can find that anywhere. Oh, this has been my lovely cause, Galen. What? Beard Buddies. What's the name right now. I'll say a word and you say a word. Clown. <laughs> <laughs>